0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home Podcast for Thursday, April 16th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. PlayStation 5 should be out this year, but it might be hard to find. The latest entry in the ongoing Cooking Mama Cookstar saga may be the most interesting and dramatic yet. And a number of smaller game and port announcements round out the end of the show. PlayStation 5 is on track, but will be available in limited supply according to a report. Bloomberg's Takashi Mochizuki and Yuki Furukawa published a story recently that shared a number of potential details about the production of the PlayStation 5. None of this is confirmed yet, nor does Bloomberg share any details about its source or sources, but I think it is all interesting information that is worth talking about. The big news is that, according to the Bloomberg story, the PlayStation 5 is still on track for its holiday 2020 release window. But it sounds like the console's availability may be limited. New consoles are always in a limited supply at launch, but it seems like the PlayStation 5's limited quantities may be exceptional considering the COVID-19 circumstances that we're all currently experiencing. The article also talks about the console's potential price. Quoting from the article... Game developers who've been creating titles for the next PlayStation anticipate its price to be in the region of $499 to $549, and Bloomberg's Intelligence's Matthew Canterman points to increased component costs, pushing up the price required for Sony to break even. Sony has struggled with its price-setting decision for the PS5 because of scarce components, Bloomberg News has reported. The article also shares that with Sony expecting lower availability of the PlayStation 5 through its first year, it may drop the price of the PlayStation 4 right ahead of launch in an attempt to bring on new PlayStation users and encourage them to get subscribed to PlayStation Plus for a potential future transition. According to Bloomberg's source, maybe many sources, the recent reveal of the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller was not the original plan for its unveiling, but Sony did so in a little bit of a hurry in order to mitigate potential leaks as it was starting to share the controller with developers. Bloomberg also says because of the danger associated with traveling and gathering crowds, it's possible Sony may not be holding any kind of press conference for the reveal of the PlayStation 5 and its launch date. This is one of those things that it kind of feels like a big deal, not having a press conference to reveal the PlayStation 5. But I mean, honestly, in this age of the Internet, I think that a tweet that shares a picture of the PlayStation 5 console and just says the PlayStation 5 releases, you know, whenever it releases and will cost whatever it costs would be just as effective, maybe even potentially more effective than live streaming an event where executives in suits are walk out on a stage to Imagine Dragons music to share some details. I don't think that's what the PlayStation 5 reveal will be. I'm sure there will be a trailer with expensive licensed music, maybe Imagine Dragons, but I wouldn't be too disappointed by just a simple tweet with very straight-to-the-point details. More quoting from the article, the PS5 production volume could still change depending on the COVID-19 situation, the people said. Sony has asked employees to work from home to mitigate the spread of the virus, and its board has been unable to meet to approve business plans for the current fiscal year, including those for the PlayStation unit. That meeting was originally supposed to take place in March. The full article is linked in the show notes, as all the articles I talk about always are, so please go check out the full piece. The whole article makes me kind of waver back and forth between being optimistic and pessimistic about whether or not we will see the PlayStation 5 this year. I am perfectly happy to wait for the PlayStation 5 in an effort to make sure Sony isn't pushing itself too hard against the pandemic. But at the same time, it seems like things are on track, save for a few issues, like not being able to travel for final production confirmations. And the article also briefly mentions Microsoft's next-gen efforts and how it similarly seems to be on track. And the two companies are basically playing chicken to see if one will have to delay their console first and who will announce their price first. I do think that $500 to $550 price tag sounds about right. It's a big number, for sure. Bigger than I think any of us would like, but I think it does sound accurate. I definitely want to play some PlayStation 5 games this year, but I also don't want to play them at the expense of spreading the disease, so hopefully everyone is being smart ...about all this at Sony and Microsoft, I still have my fingers crossed that when we're getting into the holiday 2020 zone, things might feel a little bit normal. Hopefully. Cooking Mama Cookstar was an unauthorized release, according to the owners of the Cooking Mama IP. We're going on week two or so of the Cooking Mama Cookstar controversy, where the game appeared on the Switch eShop and then disappeared... But physical copies were still available in stores, and rumors started swirling like Cooking Mama stirring up a big old pot of soup that the game was mining Bitcoin, leading to its expulsion from the Switch eShop. Yesterday, Office Create Corp., the company that owns the Cooking Mama intellectual property, released a statement on its website that cleared up some details. It's long, but I want to read the whole statement because it basically clears everything up and confirms both my personal suspicions and a story from Screen Rant that I talked about in the beginning of April, it's basically all a boring legal matter. Here's the full statement. We would like to thank our fans and customers for their support over the years for the Cooking Mama franchise. As many of you know, Planet Entertainment LLC recently released Cooking Mama Cookstar for sale in the U.S., Europe, and Australia. This was an unauthorized release in breach of Planet's contract with Office Create. In August 2018, Office Create licensed Planet to develop the Cooking Mama Cookstar game for Nintendo Switch. Unfortunately, the quality of the game builds failed to meet the standards that our customers expect and deserve. Office Create rejected a wide range of deficiencies affecting the overall feel, quality, and content of the game. Yet, despite being contractually obligated to correct the identified deficiencies and resubmit the corrected game for Office Create's approval, Planet proceeded to release Cooking Mama Cookstar without addressing all of the rejections and without Office Create's approval. We have also learned that Planet and or its European distributor have been promoting an upcoming European release of a PS4 version of Cooking Mama Cookstar. Office Create has not licensed Planet or any other entity to create any Cooking Mama games for PS4. Office Create itself has not been involved in the development of any PS4 Cooking Mama game. On March 30th, 2020, Office Create notified Planet of its immediate termination of the license due to Planet's intentional material breach of the license contract. Despite such notice, Planet continues to advertise and sell the unauthorized version of Cooking Mama Cookstar on its website in willful violation of Office Create's rights. To date, Planet has not confirmed the status of the unauthorized PS4 version. Office Create is evaluating all legal action against Planet to protect our customers, intellectual property rights, and the Cooking Mama series. In the meantime, we thank our customers and loyal Cooking Mama fans for their continued support and sincerely regret any confusion and disappointment that has been caused by Planet's conduct. So there you go, that's the full statement. And you know, and that was the end of it. The Cooking Mama controversy concluded. Until Planet Entertainment tweeted out its own statement in response. Again, it's a little long, but I think it's worth reading the whole thing. Planet Entertainment wants to explain the mystery surrounding the Nintendo Switch game to all Cooking Mama fans. Office Create, the rights holder to Cooking Mama, approved a detailed game design in 2019. First playable, the game developer and Planet followed the exact approved design. The design is the exact game on Nintendo Switch, which also includes many additional Office Create suggestions, which add gameplay value. Unfortunately, creative differences arose as Cooking Mama Cookstar was near completion that were outside the scope of our agreement and the game design approved by Office Create. By contract, Planet is fully within its rights to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar, including the many new features, including vegetarian and unicorn food potluck party, plus more. We appreciate the overwhelming positive response and support from Cooking Mama Cookstar fans. Office Create has our total respect. We thank them for their wisdom and wish them well. So, it seems this all stems from Office Create... Cooking Mama's owner, just being unhappy with the final product that Planet Entertainment produced, which they considered a breach of contract, but Planet Entertainment is basically countering, saying, we did exactly what we promised we were going to do, which means we are within our contractual obligations and can release the game. I think it's interesting that Planet's counter statement makes no mention of the mysterious PlayStation 4 version of the game that maybe isn't supposed to exist. When I started writing up what is now the third or fourth Cooking Mama Cookstar segment I've done on this podcast, I really thought today would be the last time I would say the made-up word, Cookstar, out loud ever again. But now that I have read both statements, I am much less confident. I don't think this is the last we've heard of Cooking Mama Cookstar as the IP owner and publisher of the latest game continue to play Tug of War. There are a few little announcements that aren't quite big enough to get their own dedicated segment, but they are worth mentioning, so I'll just kind of go through them right here without any transitions. Jump Force, the Shonen jump manga fighting game that pits characters from One Piece against characters from Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and lots of other familiar franchises, is coming to Switch. It will include 50 characters from 16 different franchises, which includes all the characters that were added as DLC for the original release, The Switch version will also have a six-player local three-versus-three mode where players can tag in and out during a fight. It's unclear when the game will release, but it will be $49.99 when it does. Bandai Namco also announced the game is getting a Season 2 of character additions with Shoto Todoroki from My Hero Academia being the first character to be added from that batch. It's unclear exactly when those new characters will be coming to the Switch version, It's all a little fuzzy. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, which is the current-gen port of the popular PS2-era SpongeBob game, has a release date. It is coming June 23rd to PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. World War Z is also coming to Switch, according to a report from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN, which is something I'm really excited about, if the game works well. It's a game that I reviewed during my time at Game Informer, and I think it is the best Left 4 Dead-style co-op shooter since Left 4 Dead 2. I could see myself revisiting it on Switch if it runs well. The big selling point of that game is how many zombies it is able to put on screen at once, and I'm curious how the Switch will be able to handle that. The developer behind World War Z is the studio that brought Witcher 3 to Switch, though, so if anyone can do it, it's probably going to be them. Also announced today, Crisis is getting remastered for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Switch this summer. A few days ago, the Crisis Twitter account tweeted for the first time in four years, and it seems that this is the news it was teasing. Here's a quote from the press release that has a lot of fancy words in it. Crisis Remastered will feature the original game's single-player campaign alongside high-quality textures, an HD texture pack, improved art assets, temporal anti-aliasing, SSDOSVOGI state-of-the-art depth fields, new light settings, motion blur, parallax occlusion mapping, and particle effects where applicable. Further additions like volumetric fog and shafts of light, software-based ray tracing, and screen space reflections deliver a major visual upgrade to this classic FPS experience. I have no doubt that the game will look great on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, but I am curious what the Switch version is going to look like. I would normally say. This is just exciting for me. But I have actually gotten a lot of feedback from listeners that say they also love Picross. So I guess I am not a crazy person. But at Jupiter underscore JP1, the Twitter account for developer Jupiter that makes nearly all of the Picross games that come to Nintendo platforms, tweeted out a Picross puzzle with a pixelated lady in a lab coat standing next to it and asked Twitter to solve it. And when solved, it shows a big S Four, which is pretty safe to assume is a tease for Picross S4 so that should be coming pretty soon that's it for gaming news today though I do have this last little thing that is worth talking about Jason Schreier is a well-known scoop acquirer in the world of video game news and he announced this morning that he is leaving Kotaku which is pretty wild He's going to take a few months off to finish a book that he announced he was working on some time ago, and then he will be writing about video games for a new mysterious outlet. In his outgoing final post at Kotaku, he wrote, I don't think it'd be productive to spend too much time on the reasons I'm leaving, which will probably be obvious other than to say this. When I think about what happened to Deadspin, bile builds in my throat. After October 29th, 2019, it became clear to me that I could not work at this company for much longer." I normally wouldn't talk about the comings and goings of game journalists, but his departure is a big deal, and it says a lot about the future of Kotaku, a website that I really do like a lot, and Jason Trier has nearly always been the primary source for arguably the biggest breaking video game news stories of the last few years. I wish him well and look forward to continuing to read and share his work, even if it is with another outlet. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. I got a DM from at the real Pat Polk recently that said, Teehee, you for sure said fart night in episode 46. This is not a correction, but it was funny. I listened to it like 5 times to verify. Have a lovely day and stay safe. And look, look this is this is all I'm going to say. Those are the kind of corrections I'm looking for. When I mispronounce Fortnite to say fartnite, that's the kind of stuff that I need to make sure I'm correcting that that you guys know that I realize that I made a mistake. So please send me those kind of messages. I want them. Please consider leaving a review for this podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I beat Black Mesa, finally. I don't know what I'm playing next. I gotta figure that out. I might just jump into the middle of my Final Fantasy VII Remake save, but that's uh, that's a problem for tomorrow's Kyle to figure out. Today, I'm just a person who beat Black Mesa. Great game, awesome ending. Really enjoyed it. You can also catch me on the Min Max Show for more long-form video game discussion, and I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Look around.